Now, what we're going to do today is natural giving, supernatural receiving. Natural giving, supernatural receiving. What is natural to someone can be turned into the supernatural. So whatever area of life that you think it's normal, what's natural, it's normal. You know, you get told people it's normal to be depressed. It's normal. Um, you know, I've met couples that go, it's normal to fight. You know, people go, it's normal to have problems. It's normal for the kids to irritate you. Come, come, work with it. It's normal not to enjoy your job. It's normal not to have enough. So what happens is this, we live in a normal life. But let me just show you, let me read something to you. The Word of God is so much more than a, a collection of words from God to mankind. The Word of God is living, life-changing, dynamic power that works in every believer. I want to read you what I heard this week, and I actually had to write it down for myself. If you took all the miracles, provision, manifestation, healing, deliverance, divine utterances, angelic visitations, signs and wonders out of the Bible, you would be left with a pamphlet in a book. So you know what happens if you would take the supernatural out? Instead of having this, you'd have this. So this is a supernatural seed. The Bible tells us, watch this, you will, in life you will always have seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. The Bible says from the beginning of the age to very end, one, one thing will never ever stop. It is sowing, reaping, sowing, reaping. So because the Word of God is a supernatural book, therefore it means that we get supernatural provision. Do you realize that when you worship, it's supernatural? You cannot, if you worship in the natural, it's called a melody. It's called a normal song. But when you worship in the supernatural, the Bible says this. Now watch this carefully. In Hebrews 1.14, the, the Word of God says that God sends ministering angels to those that are receiving salvation. So when you worship, you stir up the angels in an atmosphere. That's how you change an atmosphere. See, the moment we worship, the moment we lift up Jesus... Angels start to work. See, angels don't work in silence. They work in worship. Now, because the Word of God is supernatural, and you've got to do this. You've got to get into a life, into a mindset that says the God's Word is the final authority over everything. It starts off with that. Now, 
We want to talk, uh, we're going to talk about today, you know, with the two loaves and the five fishes. Sorry, no, five loaves, two fishes. Anyway, it's a natural miracle. It was a natural five loaves, two fish that fed close to 20,000 people. Now, it's not a story. What is interesting, to, as I was preparing for this, is there are theologians, there are websites all dedicated to how Jesus fed the 5,000. And most of them, put it to this way, there's a natural explanation of how Jesus fed the 5,000. One of them was, first one that they say, it wasn't a miracle, it was more of a, a metaphor. Second one was, is that everybody had food that they were hiding because they didn't want to share it. So there were 20,000 greedy people seated in one place. They all had food, but they're going, oh, well, I'm not going to share it. So no one, so everybody looked hungry. And it was the generosity of the young boy that opened up the generosity. And that's how Jesus fed the 5,000. Can you imagine getting 20,000 people in one spot and they're all greedy? So but look, look, look now, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work really well. You're going to love this, right? In John 6, 1 to 13, we're going to read all this. After Jesus went to the other side of the lake, Tiberias, which is also known as the Lake Galilee, a massive crowd of people followed him everywhere. They were attracted by his miracles and his healings that watched his reform. I want you to notice this. The natural man is attracted to the supernatural. There is something in us, which is a God thing, that is attracted. So they didn't follow Jesus because he was a, just a great teacher. They followed him because there was a supernatural attached to his teaching. So there was something that wasn't explainable by the natural. Jesus went up the slope of a hill and sat down with his disciples. Now it was approaching the time of the Jewish celebration of Passover, and there were many pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem in the crowd. Now that, is a, that, that verse, when you look at it, you just go, okay. Now it was approaching the time of the Jewish celebration of Passover. This miracle happened when the people were focused on celebrating the Passover. Now, the Passover is one of the biggest celebrations in the Jewish calendar. So this miracle happens when people are in the mindset of a Passover. What is, what's, what's the Passover? The Passover spells this. What couldn't happen in the natural happened because of a supernatural event that slaves that were indoctrinated for over 400 years, generation after generation after generation of slavery, that were in the biggest social economic power of the time and military power, that they didn't have enough physical uh, strength to break out. So the Passover is the celebration when the supernatural touched the natural, it changed the natural. 
this is how it works. Without the, without the supernatural, the Bible says this, is when a clean person touches a leper, he becomes unclean. But in the supernatural is when the natural, when a leper touches Jesus supernatural, he becomes healed. So whenever the natural is allowed to touch the supernatural, miracles happen. But the natural has to touch the supernatural. The Bible says as many of them as touched him were healed. Come on, you get excited with me this morning. So unless I touch him, I don't get the healing. Unless I touch the supernatural, unless I hear the supernatural, unless I accept the supernatural, nothing happens. So what we have is we got the Passover. You know what the Passover also represents? Is that Jesus took them in the wilderness and looked after them where there was no water, where there was no food, there was no protection. They were totally exposed to every element that should destroy them. Just say amen. amen. So you've got to watch this. They get out of slavery, supernatural. And then God says, you're not finished yet because you need to have a revelation so he puts them in the desert. And the Bible says that you'll find this. This chapter, so for you, because I know you're after this, you are going to go and read and study the Bible, correct? You need to read this with, where was that? With Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and John 6 are married together. And it is where God says, I put you in the wilderness to test you. Everybody say test. Now watch this. Test in the natural, I want to know how smart you are, how observant you are. The, a test in the supernatural always spells, I want to take you from one level to another level. A test is whether I will demote you or promote you. How smart are you? See, you can have the best IQ, but have the worst lifestyle. So the Bible says, I took you in the desert to promote you. That is why God never puts you through a test to demote you, but it's to lift you. The word test comes from the word to lift up. So what, what's happening now, watch this. They supernaturally come out of Egypt through signs and wonders. The Passover lamb, they get there because of the blood of the lamb. God puts them in the desert. What? It was to flush out on who and what they were depending on. So what God wanted to do, you can be free and still have problems. Uh, uh, can we be family today? Um, isn't it amazing that a lot of Christians have seen as problems? Come on, come, come work with me. You, you hear of church splits? How many of you have ever been hurt by a Christian? Put your hand up. Come on. I'll, I'll do it for you. And if you haven't been, I'll come over and I'll do it for you. No, 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 that's a joke. 
You, you have, a, come on, have you ever, okay, let me prove this point. Read the book of Corinthians. When I read the book of Corinthians, who wants to be a pastor? I mean, he's talking to the church. He says, I've heard that kids are sleeping with their parents. I heard that there is gossiping. I heard there is malice speaking. I heard there is trickery. And he's talking to the church. <laughs> you know, I, I love, I heard this thing. Is go, people, people go, we love Jesus. It's the church we can't stand. Now, you know what happens is this. God frees them. They're no longer slaves. Now, but watch this. He took them out of slavery, but the education of the slavery was in them. So what happened is they left Egypt, but Egypt was still in them. So the way they thought in bondage, they were now thinking it in freedom. And God says, I love you too much to physically rescue you and then emotionally and spiritually leave you bankrupt. When the Bible says, I want to make you whole, it doesn't just say about being healthy in body. It's mind, spirit, everything about you. So what happens in Deuteronomy, God says, I tested you to bring out what was in you. And you know what he did there? He fed them every single day. And he also taught them. See, what he taught them in the wilderness also was the Sabbath. That on the seventh day, you are not allowed to do any work. So what was happening there as well is that you get this, that God said, you know what, from Monday all the way through to Friday, pick up what you need. Pick up what you need. And if you pick up too much, it will go off. Because every day, I'm going to give you something fresh. And then he says this, but on the seventh day, day of rest, you should not work. What he was saying to them, you've got to have enough faith that what I have given you on those days will sustain you through here. That's why the Bible says rest. You cannot have rest without revelation. So he was telling them there's got to be a trust factor in there. That is why, you're clever. Do you know also what God also told them? I want you to sow and reap for six years, and then on the seventh, one, seventh year, you are not going to do any sowing. That I am going to bless you in those six years that you can have a rest for, seven year, for a whole year. Hey, isn't that, how many would like a year off? Think about this. What, what he was saying that you get, you, there's a faith element that says that I'm going to keep you. Okay, so that's what the Passover is. You, you're good. So now you now Jesus chooses to do this miracle at Passover. The reason he did that is because already everybody's mindset is set to, to, towards the Passover. Then you look at this. And as Jesus sat down, he looked out and saw the massive crowd of people scrambling up the hill, for they wanted to be near him. So he turned to Philip and said, where will we buy enough food to feed all these people? I want you to just, that is a, a just let me park there for a second. Isn't it amazing that Jesus 
wanted to work through the disciples, not for the disciples. He could have said, Jesus just could have done this. Hey, guys, watch. Rain down manna. No one has to do anything. But he says, Philip, because you're my disciple, I work through you. So when people talk about discipleship, you're actually saying this, Jesus, I want you to work through me. See, discipleship is not, it's a class, but God says to his disciples, he says, Philip, who are you? You're my disciple. You're not just an ordinary follower. You're not here just for the entertainment. But when you say, I want to be a follower of Jesus, what you are also saying in the supernatural, in the kingdom realm, God, I want this miracle to come through me. Wow, that changes it. That then instead of saying, God, I want to be rescued. No, God, I'm the rescuer. Instead of going, I hope that person gives me something. Why doesn't that gift come through you? You good? So here's God saying this, because you're my disciple, the kingdom will flow through you to meet a need. So what does God do? He puts Faith Life Church on the earth in dead smack full of needs. I, I, I get SMSs, churches going, Ted, we need this, we need this, we need this, we need that. There's just that many needs. And, and the frustration is, is if we think that we, I, 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 you know, I don't know, I don't know. God says this, where there is a need, I'll use you. Get yourself in a reference that God is, going, God is using you and he will keep using you. God will not bypass you. He'll work through you. So the answer will come through you, not somebody else. You're good? Yeah. It gets better. There's not enough food for all these people. Now, Jesus already knew what he was about to do, but he said, this to stretch or to test Philip's faith. What was all this about? God says, I know what I'm going to do, but Phil, you need to get on with me. Now, you can see this all the way through Scripture. Peter sees Jesus walking in the water, and he says, if it's you, call me. Let me do what you do. And come on, isn't that a bit audacious? Come on, it's not humble. I want to do what Jesus does. Well, who flip do you think you are? But God says this, Phil, you're my disciple. The nature of a disciple is to do what his master does. That's how they pick disciples. See, in the time of Jesus, a rabbi would only pick people that he knew could replicate their ministry. He never wanted a crowd. A rabbi's main thought was, I don't need a crowd I want somebody that can teach like me, preach like me, have the same influence as me. So when people say, you know, talk about discipleship, they think about memorization of Scripture. You can memorize all the Scripture, but unless there's a faith to make it manifest, what you've got is information. So Jesus says to test still faith. What was he doing? Phil, you are on this level, but I want to take you to another level. So right now, if you are in a challenge, it is a challenge to take you to the next level, not demote you. So you need to be, have this mind. I'm not going backwards, I'm going forward. This test is not to crush me, but to lift me up. 
Think about this. He sticks, you know, you're looking in the Bible. He puts Joseph in a prison, and you think, gee, Joseph's done. Everybody's forgotten about Joseph. But God says, I stuck you in the prison so I can promote you. Okay, now watch this. Philip answered, well, I suppose if we were to give everybody only a snack, it would cost thousands of dollars to buy enough food. Now, I want you to see this. Verse 7, Philip is telling Jesus his core belief about what Jesus asked him to do. He was being, Philip's being honest. Well, I suppose, I love that. If we only did not feed them but give them a snack. Have you ever been hungry and they give you a little, uh, little biscuit with a bit of cheese on it? You're thinking steak and you get biscuit with cheese on it. Hmm. And then he put it this way. And he, and he goes, I suppose. So I want you to notice, Jesus takes him into the wilderness. And he says, I want you to feed him. And Philip automatically puts himself into the natural. He gives Jesus a natural answer. And what I love about that Jesus, Jesus says, Philip, sorry, Philip, you failed. I'm, Philip, Philip, go back of the line. Actually, just go home. Uh, yeah, now look, look, just, just, just go. Ding, next. Somebody, you know, I could see Peter going, don't say a word. See, he, I want you to see, Jesus now is engaging with Philip's faith to take him to his faith. Now, what you know is Jesus said, this is what I can do. So this is what my faith can do, Philip. My faith can feed 20,000 people. But I want you to operate in my faith and not your faith. Yeah, we can, stay, we can go that way. But just then, Andrew, Peel's brother, spoke up and said, Look, here's a young person with five barley loaves, two small fish. But how far would that go with this huge crowd? I want you to notice something. They were put into a situation where there wasn't enough shops to buy it, even though if they would have had money. If you look at the geographics of that time where Jesus was preaching, they would have to go all the way back to Jerusalem, all the way that to feed these 5,000 people. So economically, they didn't have the finance. There wasn't enough infrastructure, even if they could. He puts them into a desert, and he says this, now, what are you going to do? But thinking about this, where are they? They're in a season of Passover. What happens in Passover? God keeps over 5 million people fed every single day for 40 years. So Philip... Now he's going, he's now stretched. Now there's this, but he's a young person. Isn't it amazing? If you were going to pick an answer, why would you go to the youth group? If we wanted to buy a building, I can go to the youth group because, yeah, they're loaded. Everybody knows the teenagers are holding back. Yeah, I can see you. 
Yeah, they're holding. They're, they're that crowd. Stuck it in there. <laughs> On the offering, don't tell that we've got money. Now, come on, think about this. Have you ever gone, just say you've got a really hungry teenager. You give him $10 to go to Macca's. How hard do you think would it be to prize the $10 out of him? Try it. Try it. Give, give a hungry kid some money, tell him to go buy food, and then ask for it back before they do it. That will hurt you. <laughs> They'll put up posts before you. Yeah. TikTok becomes their best friend when it comes to that. Now, watch this. Here's a young person with five barley loaves and two fish. Now, I want you to understand this. How is it that a young teenager has more revelation than a disciple? Think, we, we, gotta, see, we have to open ourselves up and go, well, what's happening here is that everybody's starving, and you've got this teenager, and he says, this is all I've got here. Sometimes, can you think about this? It would have been embarrassing. Think about it. You've got 20,000 people and you go, Jesus, here's a snack. You can do five bites and two fish. I heard one story that just said the way Jesus said the 5,000, they were big loaves. <laughs> but how far would that go with this, think about this right now. With the money that you have, the resources that you have, the knowledge that you have, the friends that you have, the influence with that, how far can that take you? Just, just, just work with me here for a moment. How far can your knowledge take you? How far can your degree take you? How far can the influential friends that you have take you? Let me just show you something. I guarantee that you have bigger dreams than the person next to you can help you get. When God gives you a vision, he always takes it above the, or the circle of friends that you have to provide. <laughs> Look at verse 10. Have everyone sit down. Jesus said to his disciples, so on the vast grassy slope, more than 5,000 hungry people sat down. I want you to notice something here. This is a huge leadership verse. It's because when somebody was about to teach, you would have your students sit down. So sitting down is a place of recognizing authority. You only, see, when you want to be aggressive, you stand up, you confront, correct? But when you sit down, it's a place of learning. So, when, so these people were obedient. They were hungry, but yet obedient. I, I, what, you know what I love about this story? This is just a bit of an offshoot. Is this. Is that even though they were hungry, they put aside the natural so they can hear a spiritual word. 
And so many people do it the other way around. When I am naturally fed, then I'm going to listen to the spiritual. You know, I've got to go to church in the morning, but I'm tired. Uh, you know, I, I, once I get this met, once I get this met, I was just talking to my, uh, my, my first granddaughter, and uh, she was growing papa. We were talking on Friday night, and uh, she was witnessing to one of the girls at church, and, um, and this girl said like this, you know what, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to give my life to Jesus when I am get a little bit older. I want to experience this, 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 this. And, and then when I know Jesus is coming back, then I'll give my life to God. <laughs> See, most people do this when my physical needs are met, then I am going to serve. It's not the right time. If you are going to do a miracle or provision, you pick the wrong time, the wrong place. If you want... You good? Jesus put the people in a place where there was no natural solution. So everything was cut. Listen to this. And then Jesus took the barley loaves and the fish. Now, I want you to notice something here. As long as you keep what you have, it's not touching the supernatural. As long as See, as long as you keep a word of encouragement in you, even though it's a great word, it doesn't do anything. See, I can, I can say to you, I love Sylvie, and never speak to her. Yet, do I love Sylvie? Yeah. But as long as that love is not an expression of caring, looking after, encouraging, it doesn't do her any good. Now, so, the, so you, what you have this now, watch this, what's happened here is you've got the, the boy, I've got five loaves and two fish. I now give it to the disciples. It's still not supernatural. It goes from one natural hand to another natural hand, but the miracle doesn't happen until it goes from the little boy, it goes to the disciples, then it comes to Jesus. The multiplication doesn't happen until it first touches Jesus. Now, the Bible never has fillings. Um, if you, you know how you, you do those assignments? You, uh, with AI now, that it's cheating. <laughs> hey, 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 by the way, this is just pause. Be careful of the news that you hear. Um, it, this happened in Canada. They had the te- what was it the the thirty most uh, the thirty must places to visit if you are visiting Canada. Guess where one of them was, the food bank. So this article said you need to go to this food bank. It's where we give provision to the unprivileged. And they said, come hungry, you will love it. It's the biggest place in Canada. You got to see it. And later on, you know what they found out? That article was written by AI. And the company said, look, yeah, we don't write the news anymore to save money. We got rid of real people. Now we've got computers doing it. So how many, much of the news have you got is generated by AI and not real people that have done facts? Anyway, pause. So therefore, just think about it. Doubt is an IA. It's artificial intelligence. Artificial. 
That's a good, come on, do something. Anyway, now, but also because God says, I had no feelers. Two plus five equals what? Wow, come on. Only one person got, didn't you, any of you go to school? Okay, let's, let's work it out. Let's work it out. One, two, three, four, five. And if I add two? Seven. Do you know that the number seven is always associated with rest, trust, and provision? So anytime you see the number seven, the Bible says rest, trust. Now watch this. You cannot have rest without trust. You cannot have rest without trust. That means in any place that you can rest is you have trust. How many of you have ever sat on a faulty chair? Yep. You know, you sit on it and you can feel it moving. Are you resting? Have you ever... Somebody's giving you a lift to church. And they drive like they've never seen a steering wheel. You know what? They're talking to you while driving. You know, they're going, oh, that red light. What is that? How many of you, you're not resting? See, you can only have rest when then there's trust. And where there is trust, there is provision. So watch this now. You, you good? Because we want to finish it off today. The boy, the disciple, now he comes to Jesus. And I want you to do this. And Jesus took the barley loaf and the fish. Now, Jesus just took the boy's lunch. He took his lunch. The kid is the kid. You know, everybody's going to say, Jesus, yeah, the boy died of malnutrition while going home. <laughs> he was so skinny, he had a shower, went down the plug hole. <laughs> you know, you, you, yeah. Jesus took it. I mean, Jesus does these things. You know what? Jesus is sitting there and he's watching people give money. We, I remember uh, back in the old days, last week, right? <laughs> we used to have a big bucket in front of the church, and you would walk out of your seat, and then you would give. And as a little kid, one of the joys of, because my dad always made us sit in the front, was watching what people gave. <laughs> I, I remember saying, I know that guy's got more. He's holding out. And I used to get, and I used to feel so bad. Dad, you were rude and your sinful Jesus would kill you. You know, all of this stuff, right? But, and there's Jesus watching, right? Hmm. Just so, just think about this. Jesus watches what you give, and then he makes a comment on what you give. Don't shoot the messenger. Right? He's there, and there's this, there's this poor woman. She's only got two mites. The, uh, the, uh, the smallest category of coins in the financial sector. And she is about to give it. 
I was thinking, if I was Jesus, you know what I'd do? I'd run up and say, no. No. Peter, go, go, go to the ATM, empty it out and give it to this thing. Why did Jesus allow her to do that? You know what he was doing by allowing her? He was saving her life because provision comes after giving. So if Jesus had stopped her giving, guess what? She would spend the two mites and still be hungry. Mm. Okay, let's keep going. Then he took and he gave thanks to God. You've got to give thanks for what you have. You might, you, you might, oh, Ted, I'm, I'm only earning $10 a week. Give thanks. Not that you're earning $10, but just that gratitude. And so what did God do? He says, okay, now you watch this. You gave it to, your mom gave it to you. You gave it to Andrew. Andrew gives it to Jesus. Now, I want you to do this. He by the moment he gets it to Jesus, he goes from one kingdom into another. In this kingdom, listen to watch this. Now watch carefully. In this kingdom, the boy's lunch only feeds him. Wow. So Jesus is now giving us a picture of what happens when he goes from the natural into the supernatural. So as long, so the boy could eat and he'd be hungry. And God says to them, this is it. This is the mystery of the Passover. This is the mystery of the kingdom of God. And miraculously, the food multiplied with everybody and they ate as much as they wanted. And when everyone was satisfied, Jesus told his disciples, go back and gather up all the pieces left over so that nothing will be wasted. And the disciples filled up the 12 baskets of fragments and baskets of leftovers for each of the disciples. Now, I want you to watch this carefully. It multiplied when Jesus broke it, but it kept multiplying in the disciples' hands. So you, you see something here. The boy says, um, empty now. Andrew says, empty now. It goes to Jesus. Guess what? The full circle comes in. The boy gets more. Andrew gets more. So it kept multiplying through the disciples. What wasn't happening is that as they gave, it kept on giving. As they gave. So I want you to see this. He's Andrew and he's Philip. My faith is in the economy. My faith is in the bakery. My faith is, in, you know, with all the fishing trawlers. And, and now it comes into, and now they are involved is that the miracle is happening through their hands. Because whatever you give 
to God, God blesses and he comes back to you blessed, not in the same volume. What, when we start to think, I, I remember a time, um, I, I like watches. Anybody? I, I, I remember I was saving up for this watch and it took me six months to save up for this watch. And um, it, was all, it was about $750 or something. And um, I, I prayed for it and I came to the shop and they had a huge discount. I got it for like 150 I thought, wow. And, um, and, and I'm thinking, wow, and I, I loved it. And, and I'm doing this conference. And, um, and all of a sudden I'm doing this conference. And, I, and this couple, in the, and she turns to me. She goes, oh, wow. And I notice she's eyeing out my watch. I, I felt like saying, yeah, I like my watch too. You know? And she does that. And, and God speaks to me. And he says, take the watch off and give it to her. I said, Jesus. Six months. <laughs> Jesus, six months. Six months plus faith. <laughs> plus, I had to walk in at the right time at the thing. At bang, and God says, give it. I said, no. She, she's got faith. So I take my watch off and I give it to her. She starts weeping. And I go, see Jesus? <laughs> I told you. If you would have listened to me, she'd be full of joy and joy. But now you've made her cry. I'm supposed to help people. I go, come in here, Ted. You'll make you cry. <laughs> And I go, what's happening? She goes, well, it's my one-year anniversary, and I walked through the shop, and I wanted to buy my husband this watch, but we had no money. It was my heart's desire, and he goes, it's the same watch, same everything, so now I've got it. Okay? Next thing I know, this guy comes up to me, takes his watch, gives it to me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tag watch. <laughs> and I'm going, whoopee. <laughs> this, this, this is hot, God. This is, this is really good, Jesus. And, and I'm looking, and I, and I know what they're worth. Like, I, I would have to rent my kids out for a week. <laughs> and then this little street kid gets saved in my meeting. Um, absolutely broke. His mum was outside. Uh, she was really tipsy. And God says, I need you to bless him. And I go, God, okay, how do I bless him? He goes, take your watch off and give it to him. <laughs> but ever since then, God's been supplying me watches. But you see the, see, see the thing is, right, is that when you realize when God says give, it keeps on giving. Do, do you realize as a church, when you give and we send a team out and people get saved, that's your gift that keeps on giving. So, so, so what we have here is this. 
is God saying there is a need. But where's the answer? The answer is in a little boy, but he doesn't know what he has. So to me, when we get to heaven and meet Jesus, I I'm actually don't want to talk to Philip or Andrew. I want to talk to this kid. I want to know how is it that you have bypassed the revelation of the disciples and that your name is written eternally in the book because you understood revelation. So it's Faith Life Church. We have needs. God has put us to minister to people. Okay, what, just one of the latest needs that was being given to us, the council has approached us that once a month that we put on a hot meal for the underprivileged. That, that means a kitchen, that means all of that. All, there's all these needs. You know what we want to do? For the, for the next six months, I am believing that we as Faith Life Church can meet more needs than we have ever done before. You know, one of our, we have Hope Inc., which is a charity that we want to take to another level. The Bible, the Word of God has put this on Faith Life Church that we are to distribute hope globally, hope, world global hope dispensers. And as a church, there's been a bit of pressure, but I believe it's time for us to break the cycle and we hit another level of giving in our church. Now, um, I'll, I'll add this to you. When... How many of you know the story of William Booth? William Booth started Salvation Army. He was, he was one of the catalysts that started feeding the poor. And do you know why he fed the poor? He said this, somebody said to them, are you using food as an attraction so that people can hear the gospel? He said, no. He said this, the reason I feed the poor is... When I am preaching, their stomachs are louder than my words. So they can't hear me preaching because their stomach is rumbling. So he said this, I feed them because there's a natural need that gets met. And when the natural need gets met, they can hear the spiritual. So we as a church, we need to start to meet needs. And what God's put into my heart, I want all the ashes. All, all our tenants, I want you to pull this out. W what we want to do is we want to enter a six-month season of, that we give above our tithe. Now, um, our tithe is the 10%. So what Silva and I do, and, and I know our leadership does is this, is that a tithe is like, okay, uh, if I'm getting $500 a week or $800 or $700, whatever it may be, I take 10% because that belongs to God. Now, this is above the tithe. It's about sowing for a breakthrough. Now, I want you to notice something, please, because you're, you're a smart church, correct? Every, uh, it's this, is that money is supernatural. We're, t we're not talking about just, th this is not a quick rich scheme, okay? 
But what it is, is going, hey God, I want to be a giver. So this little boy comes in and he goes, this is what I have to meet a need. And so what we have is here is a seed time harvest. Let me just read this to you. Audacious faith does not wait for a favorable condition before it acts on it. This miracle that we've seen today happens before that. And so listen to this. This is in Ecclesiastics. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whosoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Are you, as you do not know the path of the wind or the body that is formed in the, mother, or the, formed in the mother's womb. So you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning and in the evening let your hands not be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that or whether both will you know, qualify as well. So what we want to do is we want Faith Life Church to excel in giving so that we can meet needs. Now, this is what I'm asking you to do. I want you to take this home. I want you to pray over it. And then go, God, I want, I want to be a giver. Now, watch this. From the little boy to there, and he'd done the full circle. But listen to this. A little boy's lunch is now credited as feeding 20,000 people because he'd left his hands. Now, I want you to notice this. The boy didn't go home empty. He brought more home than left the house. Why, why do we need to say that? Because fear says this, is this. Now, watch this. This is how the natural works. I've got five loaves and two fish. I give it. Now, I've got empty hands. Andrew goes, I could feed myself. Nah, I'll give it to Jesus. And he goes through the door of the natural into the supernatural. And then guess what? God goes back into the natural and the supernatural starts happening in the natural. Do you want to step into the supernatural? See, that second watch only came because I sowed the first watch. When we first sowed our first car, then other cars started coming. All of these things happen as we enter into God's kingdom. And you know what was it when you have a look at it? This is not about finance. This is about the heart issue. God, what do you want me to do? And what we want to do is you, you'll see it in there. There's all these ways to give. But also, there's a tear-off slip. And what we want to do is that what are you believing for? What we want to do from now on is that we have a prayer meeting here every Sunday between 9.30 and about 10 to 9. And what we want to do is we want to start praying for this. So what I want you to do, and I feel this is God, is that I want you to go home and pray. I want you to go, God, I what do you want me to contribute? What do you want? I, I want to give so that we can be multiplied. And not only, will, not only that, because I want to be a blessing to the world. And then what are you believing for? You don't have to put your name on it. But what we want to do, 
We want to engage every single believer to be believing for somebody else's breakthrough. That's how family happens. You good? So what we want to do is I want you to just encourage you to do that. That I believe that we will finish this year off on a high. Now, isn't it interesting that God took a little boy's lunch and there was a supernatural provision for over 20? Let me just encourage you. What will your gift do? See, this is between you and God. This is, the thing is, I'm not going to multiply it. Guess who's going to multiply it? God. This is about rest, trust, provision. Let's pray. I, I, the worship team, would you like to come up, please? That would be great. And I've taken a lot of your time. And How many of you enjoyed today's message? Yay. Father, we just come to you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we want to be a part of the breakthrough. Father, we want to be a part of people being saved. Father, people being healed. Father, we, we want to be a part of sending teams out onto globally to see the manifestations of God. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, as Faith Life Church, Father, you have put us in a place to meet needs. Father, you've put us in a place now that we can give a hot meal to people. Father, you have open schools. Father, there are churches that, God, that are, that are calling on us. Father, there is worship that is going to come out of the house. Father, there is new inventions that are going to come out of the house. Father, there are new ministries. Can you all just look at me for one second? Uh, Pastor Silva brought this out to me. We had Mike, uh, Pastor Mike Connell, which is up apostolic oversight. Do you know that one of the things that he prophesied, he said to us as a church, that this church is filled with unique ministries. He says, your church has designated ministries. And he says, there's something unique about your church. I am believing that we want to start to activate your gifting. There's something unique about you. How many realize that Faith Life Church is unique? We're not a supermarket. We're not. We're unique. Look at the person next to you. Yeah, you know I'm telling the truth. But you know what? Let me just share my heart. I'm sowing into this because I want to see every ministry activated this year. We've got three months to the end of the year. I want to rest for the next three months because I'm trusting and God will provide. So get ready. Get ready. Get ready for God is about to do something new amongst us. So Father, right now, we come to you.